0: Welcome to the Life to the Fullest podcast by EF3. I'm your host, Dan Jason. At EF3 Life, we're committed to empowering people in the areas of education, faith, fitness, and finance. Positivity and having a growth mindset is our focus. We believe that each day we have an opportunity to better ourselves and our world by loving others and spreading hope. Be sure to visit ef3life.com and follow us on social media at EF3 Life. There's only one way to live, and that's life to the fullest. Mike Sikosio, the Executive Director of the City Mission of Schenectady, joins me on today's podcast as we discuss the power of God's love which redeems the world. Having over 30 years of experience building community at the mission and journeying with the homeless, downtrodden, and those on the margins of society. Mike shares with us the transformative force of Jesus Christ. We discuss how inviting others into relationship and providing a sense of hope radically changes countless lives. As the leader of the mission, Sokoshio has fostered a family environment where trust has broken down barriers, lives have been renewed, and hearts have been changed. Mike explains how God's amazing grace dispels limitations as the Lord's love which is shared with each person welcomes them into his fold, just the way they are. Mike has served at the mission and has been a pillar in the city for over 30 years. His efforts in life have been dedicated to providing a better way of life for others by investing in each person who enters the doors of the mission. To say that he is a positive force in the community is an understatement. A graduate of Union College, he has been the heartbeat of Schenectady for decades giving back to the capital region by emulating the way of Mother Teresa, always doing small things with great love. To learn more about how to give back or get involved at the City Mission of Schenectady, make sure to visit citymission.com. Well, Mike, it's great to be here at the City Mission in Schenectady. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for letting me be part of the podcast.
0: It's awesome having you here. I'm really grateful to discuss all the things that are happening here at the mission, as well as the many breakthroughs that you have seen throughout the history of the mission, your time here, and the ways in which the ambassador program and other things are transforming people's lives, because that's what this place is about. Clearly, I've seen it, and I'm grateful that, you know, in a half an hour or so, I'm going to be joining the likes of Kermit and others to get out there on the streets and hopefully continue to make that impact.
1: Dan, well, we want to thank you for being part of our ambassador program. You've been a great blessing for the men. You've encouraged them, you've blessed them with your friendship, and you've served alongside them. So, we think at City Mission, the ambassador program is better because you've been a part of it this summer.
0: Well, I really appreciate that. And certainly today, I really want to talk with you about two topics right? Love being the answer, and then redemption, a comeback story. And I think when I look at a place like the City Mission, those two things go hand in hand and it has to be a place of love. And since day one, many years ago, when I was a new teacher over a decade ago, actually, I walked into the City Mission door and I started to serve dinners here. I got a small taste of what it was like. And then having spent a number of months here, you know, lately, I'm getting a little bit more of a understanding of what goes on. But that just t- touches the surface level of the depth of this place. The thing that really brings me to great excitement is the amount of community that continues to be built. You know, the outstretched arms, the welcoming nature, the people, the smiles on the faces. It's an attractive place. How do we continue to emulate that? And why is the mission such an important place in this community as a pillar that's an agent of love?
1: Well, you know, Dan, first of all, I appreciate you saying that you sense love coming here because that's the most important thing that we have to have at the mission. You need programs, you need buildings, you need all these other things. They set the tone for doing ministry, but almost like Paul says in 1 Corinthians, if there's not love, then, then we're really just beating the air. And so we want to make sure that that love is evident here, that it's heard, it, it's seen, it's felt. We have a theme at the mission. It's called Making Jesus Visible. And and that's a pretty broad theme, right? It means it's not simply enough to say to someone, God bless you, although that's a good thing to say, Um, to even pray with someone, although that is a clear expression of love. We want people to be able to see it and sense it when they come. So making Jesus visible is part of by by being kind to people, but it's also helping to create a place with some beauty. So in the summertime, it's making sure that there's flowers um, at the mission, that people we touch their soul mm. if they're coming here hungry they're not just a stomach right god has given them a soul as well so what we want to try to do is is reach the whole person and the way we reach the whole person is through love
0: yeah i couldn't agree anymore and i've seen that happen time and time again spending time with the guys here hearing their stories right when we go out on the street we're doing the ambassador program it's amazing because not only are we are helping to bridge this gap between business owners in the community and helping those in need, but it's also diving deeply into communal aspects of living with these men who went through the program yes. and now are being that hidden Christ for other people, showing up in other people's lives, you know, being that word of encouragement, helping someone else who might be in their time of need, and then they're sharing their stories, their triumphs, but also their trials because everybody in their life has to have someone to journey alongside of them. And I think of Simon of Cyrene, you know, even Jesus himself needed help carrying the cross. So if our Lord needed it, it's okay for us to get that help. But then in our own time, when God gives us the grace for that transformation to happen and through his love, we can be that agent to help someone else out.
1: We say here at the mission, giving thanks by giving back. that The best way we can express our gratitude for God's love for that redemption, for being forgiven, for being received, is to share it with others, right? Jesus said, freely have you received, now freely give. But Dan, you captured one of the most important aspects of City Mission, and that is the number of City Mission graduates, former residents, who are now serving on staff. In fact, we have close to 40 men and women who came here, to receive the services of the mission who are now working at the mission and helping others. The folks here taught me a wonderful expression. They say, God has made my mess my message. Mm. And, And that's true for all of us. See that in Christ, not only does he clean up the mess, not only does he forgive us for the mess, but he'll even say to us, I want you to share it with someone else. Don't live in fear. Don't live in shame. Make it available to me. and I'll even take... the the mistakes you made, and use them. And Dan, that's what you see with our residents, with the the staff who are former residents. They take their life experience, as you said, the, the triumphs and the trials, and they make those available to the men and women who come here. And when someone's really down to the point where they're giving up and they're doubting there can be a way out, there is no better gift than to meet someone who's been there. Who's walked that path, who now tells you that by the grace of God, there is hope, new life is possible. That's the most important message at the mission. And the most important messengers are the men and women who came here from off the streets that are now serving God and serving their neighbor.
0: And that's the ultimate comeback story, too. It is. And we're going to talk more about that later on, the redemptive nature of it. But it starts with that invitation, it starts with that olive branch, that sense of love, that willingness to allow someone to come just as they are. Rid of judgment, not worrying about the baggage or the things that they're carrying with them, but actually looking past those things and looking into the window of their soul. I think Mother Teresa mentioned that. She talked about it a lot and it really makes sense for those who have had the opportunity to walk the streets. And that's something that I have so much great respect for you having been the executive director here for decades. Mm-hmm. And you still go out on the street. You actually, not that long ago, a couple weeks ago, were out there with us. Yes. And to me, It makes sense because you continue to journey on. But how do you get to that point here where we continue to have this understanding and this desire to not stop? Because you've had so many great successes. 40 people have gone through the program who are now employees here at the mission. And some organizations would say, All right, we've done it. But being the kind of guy that you are, it's always understanding that that's a blessing. But now God has given, now he's asking us for taking up another notch.
1: Yeah, Dan, it's always keeping our eyes and ears open for the Lord, to see where he is moving. Where's the Holy Spirit moving? What is God doing? As long as there's suffering, as long as there's need, God is gonna call his people to meet it. And as you say, meet it where it is, Mm -hmm. Uh, meet it as it is and and embrace it in the same way Jesus did that for each of us. So I, I like to say here at the mission, I call it the five Ls of 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 making a difference. We want to look, we want to listen, we want to learn, then we might want to make a link and then we can be leaders. And and that look in the listen is just paying attention. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And so here at City Mission, we have our set of programs, but we never want to turn our ears off or close our eyes to say, what new opportunity is God calling us to? So it's not a master plan. Dan, mm-hmm. I'm not smart enough for that. I I, I like to say my my uh, crystal ball is a bowling ball. I, I, I can't see the future. But what I do know is that God is moving. And if we prepare ourselves, if we stay of humble heart, then he'll show us what to do next. So I think that creates excitement at the mission. It's a sense of expectation, be faithful to what we've been called to do, and be ready to take on the new thing that the Lord is calling us to.
0: I really love that way that you put it because it makes me think about one key element there when it comes to relationship building and community building, and that's trust. Yes. And for those to enter into a place like this and to understand everything that it can be and have for someone's future to be built back up, for them to have opportunities and ways to better themselves and then go out there like the 40 or so individuals have done and continue to build up the community, it's amazing, but it can only happen when trust is built. How do you get to that point when someone comes into your door, right? They're down and out. They're at the lowest of the low and there's nowhere else to turn. How, how do you break through to somebody that might have experienced the worst that this world has to offer? And even though they don't realize it yet, but when they go through that door, their life is going to change if they're open to it.
1: Well, then I think you captured the most important thing, meeting them where they're at and meeting them in a spirit of humility. You don't have to work that up. It's it's an acceptance of reality. At the end of the day, Dan, we like to say at the mission, the ground is level before the cross. We all kneel before the cross, all in need of, of the grace and the love and the forgiveness that was dispensed so abundantly there. So I think the first thing we want to do, even as we help people with their with their real needs is to make sure we're doing it in a way that's not coming across as you need us Mm. or we're in any way better, but rather more an expression of we're honored to be here. Sure. God allows us to be here. Grateful people allow us to be here and we want to stand with you so if you're hungry We want to give you something to eat. If you're cold, we want to make you warm or give you a coat for the wintertime. If you're a a, a child in need and you're going back to school, we want to give you a backpack filled with good school supplies. If you have no place to stay, we want to give you shelter. Those are the concrete things that build trust because you're meeting a person's real need. But I think equally important to what you do is how you do it, to make sure we're doing it in a spirit of humility, a spirit of gratitude and a spirit of respect for that person who is coming.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense to me. It reminds me of what Father Gregory Boyle said in Tattoos on the Heart, a great book that he wrote about his work in gang-infested L.A. and all the ministries he did on the street and helping to build up the community and dispel violence. And he talked about how it's not enough to stand, make a stance on an issue, but you have to stand with people in the issue. Mm-hmm. And right. you talked about that too, about walking with Others and if we walk with people, we're willing to actually go the extra mile, and we understand that yes, food and a coat and shelter is a vehicle Mm -hmm. to really get to the depth of who they are to journey with them. Transformation is bound to happen, and I've seen it here, and I know from the stories that the guys share with me and how grateful they are for the opportunities that you have provided for them, but also the empowerment because that's the second part, right? It's one thing to you know lead someone to have some kind of success. It's another thing to give them the skills so they can then eventually do it on their own. And, And that's what I've seen a lot happening at the mission. Clearly, it's a place of love that exists, right? You have people that come in here, they're struggling from substance abuse, setback, financial difficulty, imprisonment. They're on the margins. All walks of life enter, all right? What made you decide at a certain point in your own life before you got here, this is what I'm called to do? This is who God is asking me to be.
1: Yeah, it's all the grace of God, right, Dan? Because I, I wasn't smart enough to figure it out. I was actually came here as a volunteer. Um, in 1989, volunteering in the youth program, because a friend of mine, I was i was seeking to follow the Lord. I, I didn't know a concrete way to do that, short of going to church. So a friend said, hey, I'm volunteering at the mission. You should, too. And so I actually came down here in January of 1989. I had just gotten a master's degree. I was working in the state legislature. I wanted to serve in government. And six months later, the man who was running the youth program uh, moved. and so they offered the job to me. and a quick story, and I, I said, well, of course not. <laughs> and, no, no, I'm a volunteer. yeah, you're not I, ready, I don't right? Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and listen, I finally got a job that I, I've been studying for, you know and and so okay, the the man said fine. and the next two weeks, I felt just a strong movement of the Lord kind of convicting me, saying that I did that in the flesh and that I didn't really seek God and that, this could very well be my path. Again, the grace of God, because I had said no. But I did make a pledge at one point, Dan, after a really profound time in prayer. I, I said to the Lord, Lord, if they ask me again, I'll say yes. And not surprisingly, uh, in the next day or two, the executive director called me. said, Mike, I know you said no, but I want to ask you one more time before we do a full search. And you know what? I said, no, I, I believe that, is, that job is for me. Now, that was 1989. At that point, I still had no sense that it was a calling. My life's work, I knew it was a calling for that season. Sure. Uh, but here I am now, 32 years later, and it has become my life's work. It has become my calling. I wasn't smart enough to figure it out. Dan, I haven't deserved it. It, it is a pure gift of God into my life. It's a privilege, and it's a it's a position that has, has broken me. Um, and lifted me up, and I, and I liked. I may have said this to you earlier. After 32 years, I can honestly say I've had more failure, more disappointment, and more heartbreak than I ever thought possible. But I am more excited today than the day I started that,
0: because that's...
1: I have seen transformation. Mm. It is real, and God is in the transformation business. So all those struggles—they are worth it. To see the miracle of life being transformed—that's
0: it's so beautiful, it's so powerful, and it really calls to mind how important it is for us to hear the whispers of god mm-hmm. and sometimes yes. we hear the voice of god you know through prayer through discernment but we also hear it through the voice of other people the invitation of your friends saying hey why don't you come down and join me yes. and and it just shows us an example of one small yes and it can lead to and it's not to say that every yes is going to end up in a you know lifetime career but if we say yes in those small ways eventually the yeses will turn into bigger opportunities. And the best thing that you did in explaining this all, the humility that you have, is understanding that God knew all along he wanted to use the talent and ability that he gave you to then help to bless other people. And I think that's what some of us listening to this can really take from it because sometimes people wonder, well, what can I do? I'm one person. You know, the world has so many problems. There's so much homelessness and so much hunger and there's so many kids out there that are having a lot of difficulties i'm just one person what can i do what do you say to them
1: well again you you've quoted mother Teresa, and i i will stand on her great witness and her testimony and one of her themes is we do small things in great love and this is one of the most redemptive paradigms of life possible what it means we call it here at city mission redeem the ordinary that if god is Omnipresent. If God is everywhere, then really, then there are no ordinary moments. They are all inherently sacred, and things that seem so mundane, so ordinary, are only allowed to be that because we don't seize what's before us. So, going to buy a cup of coffee, um, going to the store, walking past a neighbor, walking into your office building—these are sacred opportunities. And so, what does God call us to do? Be present there. OK, it, maybe it's stopping. I, I was going to a meeting today and I was walking into an office building and a man was mowing the lawn and it looked beautiful. And it suddenly hit me. Why wouldn't I tell him that? Mm. And so I just stopped. I said, sir, I want you to know it's beautiful here. You've really made this place beautiful. He goes, well, the boss wants it that way. <laughs> I said, well, you're achieving it. And he smiled. And there's, see, I shared that story because it is so small, but we all can do that. The biggest mistake we make sometimes when we want to serve the Lord is we disqualify because we're thinking of big things that we can't do. And all Jesus says is, I will do the big things, mm-hmm. but I want you to do what's right in front of you. Right? Love that person. Be faithful in that moment. Seize the opportunities I'm giving you. When these are done collectively over a period of time— The return is great. It also brings joy to our heart because I'll tell you, I hope I made that man feel better. But you know what, Dan? I felt better. I felt better going in my next meeting that I was paying a little more attention rather than just rushing as if what I'm doing is somehow in any way more important than what other people are doing around me. So Mother Teresa said that. She said our whole work is this. We do small things in great love. We can all do that and we all should do that
0: absolutely after the break mike and i will continue to discuss redemption and how there's a comeback story for each of us no matter how big the mountain might be that's in front of us this podcast is brought to you by ef3life a proud supporter of the city mission of Schenectady. make sure to check out citymission.com to get involved and learn about the ways you can help your community whether it be through clothing drives, serving at the dining center, or assisting one of the many programs, there are numerous ways to support the great work of the mission. Together, we can help transform lives. Also, check out my latest children's book, Spreading Love Through Peace and Prayer, available on ef3life.com books, as well as on amazon.com. Together, we take a trip around the world celebrating diversity and building community. Book proceeds go towards EF3 Life Extend missionary efforts of serving around the globe. Welcome back to the Life to the Fullest podcast. I'm here with Mike Sakoshi of the City Mission. Earlier on, we discussed love and how love wins and is the way in the first part of the segment. Now, we'll continue to focus on redemption because in order to be redeemed and made new, to come into the fullness of what God has promised to those who love him, we must first be loved. And through that perseverance and through that transformation, we're able to love and to give love to the world. Redemption, you know, when people hear that, Mike, oftentimes people give up on themselves or those that are in the trenches of life. And I think, you know, where does redemption fit in when it comes to mind? And when you think of redemption here at the mission, what does that look like?
1: It's all about redemption. And if there wasn't the hope of redemption, I don't think I could have spent a day at City Mission. There's certainly value in feeding the hungry, sheltering the homeless. Of course, that's important. But what inspires me, what inspires this whole ministry is the possibility of redemption. And, And the essence of it is this. Your past doesn't define your future. The future is not yet written. And so God is not limited to what you've done. He continues to bring out a new, a new opportunity if you're willing to go with him. He won't write it for you, but he will give you the blank page and allow him to write it with you. That is the miraculous message is the thing that makes us not simply a homeless shelter, but a place of transformation. It's what allows me that any man, woman, or child who comes to us to know there truly is hope because of who God is and what redemption is.
0: Hope. Hope, right? Right? hope is essential here. And you said it. It's not We're not defined by what happened to us or even what we've done, but who we are. And, and that's really, I think, hard sometimes for people to really dissect, because if we're somebody who comes through those doors, you know, I've had moments in my life where I was very down and out, okay? And I've shared on the podcast about that. Everybody has times in their life where they face a mountain that looks like it cannot be eclipsed. However, there comes to a point where there's a sliver of hope or light that comes in could be somebody that reaches out to them through a, a phone call, a text message. It could be entering a place like the mission. And they receive that. And it stirs up inside of their spirit something that's so profound that God will cause that little tiny seed, like the mustard seed, to grow into a big and abundant, beautiful creation that they're meant to be. I was actually recently with a friend. And we were discussing how in life, it's similar to when you're driving a car. Your past is like the rearview mirror. It's actually quite small. You can't forget about it because if you do, you're not safe. You have to take into account all the things that have happened, the surroundings. But your future is the windshield. Everything that's out in front of you, that's hope. Hope that's on the horizon. The limitless potential that you mentioned. That's such a message that people can cling on to. And it's something that the city mission clearly lives out.
1: Yeah, that's a great, that's a great metaphor and analogy, Dan. And you know, I, I would take it to the other extreme. What, what Jesus wants to do is to establish our identity in the indestructible. And so people who are highly successful can fall into the same difficulty where they believe that their identity is in their success. And that's a different kind of pressure. That's a different kind of depression because people feel like to keep on proving, proving, proving. And the gift Jesus wants to give what we would call the up and outers Mm. as well as the down and outers is I love you unconditionally that I want to, my love for you is indestructible. It will never go up or down based on stock market. It will never, it's not based on what job you have, what neighborhood you live in, what car you drive. It is eternally rooted in the fact that you are mine. I have died for you and you have accepted, you have accepted my love and redemption. That's a message for everybody. Now, obviously at a place like the mission, it, it rings true and it rings clear every day. But one of the things I love about my job is the opportunities to speak to people who we would call are more successful because their hearts are hurting as well. Mm. And one of the delightful things I've seen Dan, in my 30 plus years here is how often affluent, successful people build friendships with people at the mission and the beautiful mutuality. The successful one is clearly giving wonderful things to, to our folks. But guess what? It goes in the other direction. I have seen many people come to me and say, I need to be at the mission because people are grateful mm. for, for, for things that I just take for granted. Right. And and there's joy there, even in the midst of their struggles. So the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is everybody has something to give and everybody has something to receive. And what we try to celebrate at city mission is true community and true communities based on mutuality.
0: I love that playing with the fact that both, sides have such an important role yes and it calls to mind the fact that no matter where we are as you mentioned in the status of society we're all going to have to persevere yes and we all need hope and clinging to that and working together through it really can open our minds and our hearts to break down walls and barriers that might have existed before because unfortunately there are stigmas in our society and it's sad but when people take a step out of their comfort zone and they're willing and able to open themselves up to something that they haven't experienced before and give people a chance and actually walk with them at the end of the day they realize that there's one key central ingredient that's the same that they're human yes that they're created in the image and likeness of god and all that other stuff it actually doesn't matter at all and they actually forget about it i've seen it too and it's actually a beautiful thing it it calls to mind uh, a mission i was on in the city dump mexico city Mm -hmm. one of the most impoverished places in the world and there were people from fortune 500 companies to you know somebody who might just be working a minimum wage job that didn't matter they all showed up why because they wanted to encounter christ and others and, and you're, what you're doing here at the mission is establishing that connection, that community, but also allowing for those encounters to happen, fostering yes. them and encouraging them.
1: Right, creating an atmosphere for those encounters because the, the, the dominating voices of our public discourse are voices of division on, on all sides. And, and that, that's not the message of the gospel. I, I've heard it said that Satan scatters and Jesus gathers. Mm. And Jesus is a gathering. God, he's gathered, he wants to gather us into community. We can't do that when we start labeling each other as black and white, rich and poor, um, suburban and urban. Labels have their place, they're there, but they don't define us. Mm. What we really want to do is what you said, Dan, it's, it's label of we're human, but we're not just humans. We are humans created by a loving father for whom the son of God came and died and the Holy Spirit seeks to to unite us as community. So we believe that the mission can be a good vehicle to model that because of our brokenness. Not not because we do it so well, but because in a certain sense, we do it poorly, but we do it every day. And, And we continue by grace to try to manifest it to others that we're so much more, so much stronger. We have so much more to celebrate when we come together as opposed to when we split apart.
0: certainly that grace, that hope, that love leads to conversions. It does, sure. Maybe you could share with us something that comes to mind, a person, and obviously you don't have to mention names, right, for the sake of that, but a story that really is powerful that our listeners can understand, well, this is what redemption looks like. Somebody that you have come across that came through the doors and really just had a transformation because of being here.
1: You know, Dan, I'm blessed that there's just so many of those stories. So so to pick one is challenging, but one that always stands out is a man who came here really in deep need. His life was mostly negative things, damaging things. But one of the gifts the mission gave him, in addition to a place to stay, um, was eyes to see his giftedness. And what we realized was you're a great leader. You have natural God-given leadership abilities. Now you've used them in the wrong way and you've used them to do wrong. Are you willing to to give those over to God and use them for good? So it's not only a story of a man who, who got back on his feet, who received the forgiveness of a new life in Christ, but has now become just a dynamic leader, someone who who is ahead of all the rest of us in terms of what needs to be done, who has an instinct for where need is and where, where trouble is sometimes. So what I love the most about many of these stories, Dan, is how the people that initially came here and I served have now surpassed me, that in so many ways they've become role models for me. I'll tell you a quick two quick stories. One is um, a man just graduated from the mission. He got his own apartment. And um, he the guys told me he needs a bed. And I said, "Oh, we need to get you a bed." He said, "Oh no, no bed's material. God's given me a new life, a new purpose. I don't need a bed." And we kind of sat there and said, "Okay, thank you. Thanks for that teaching. Thanks for that reminder. Because there's a whole lot of things I throw need to, and they're rarely not needs. And I've been given far more." Another time we were interviewing a woman, I was going over all her credit credentials, and one of our graduates one of our women graduates was on staff I said do you have any questions for her and she just said i have one question do you pray and I said yes I pray all the time she goes good then we'll be fine it was a, reminding me I, I had gotten caught up then and and the credentials all good right those things matter but it took our graduate to remind me Mike what really matters mm. is will we be able to pray together we be able to seek God together. So these are not only exciting stories of transformed lives, but they're humbling stories, Dan, because the the, the master becomes the student, uh, the teacher <laughs> becomes the learner, and that is a glorious testimony to the grace of God.
0: Absolutely, and it helps us to stay centered on what yes. matters the most at the core, our faith, our relationship with the Lord, and communally living together to build up each other up. So before we go, maybe you can share with us a couple of projects or things that you're really excited that have been happening or continue to unfold at the mission.
1: You know, Dan, I'm going to do that very quickly, but you used a phrase that I, I do want to encourage everybody, and that's perseverance. We have an expression here at the mission. We say, if you can do three things, you'll end up okay. Pray, obey, and stay. And we talk about staying, that persevering is is what ultimately gives the fruits. In the parable of the sower, Jesus says, seed on good ground stands for those who hear the words, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So even these projects, the fruitfulness of these projects will be based on us persevering, keeping faith to what God's calling us to. Two quick things. One is we're building a new transitional housing and wellness center, 10 new transitional apartments for women who've graduated from our women's shelter. By the end of the year, Dan, that'll give us 34 transitional housing apartments right here on our campus. Those are wonderful resources for men and women who have graduated from the program and are working, but aren't quite financially ready to move back into the full community so this gives them that transitional opportunity to serve and and to gain strength to to be rooted that we're also gonna have a counseling center there Uh, Deacon Gary Riggie uh, is heading up our spiritual counseling and that's exciting and we're gonna have a fitness center Wow! we really want to be ministering to mind body and spirit and a lot of the people coming out of poverty even when they get their spiritual lives aligned They have a lot of ground to make up physically. They've done a lot of damage to their bodies. And so we want to do all we can to help them be healthy. And one more quick project, we now have a freight farm, which is a hydroponic container farm. It's hard to describe, so maybe Dan, some of your listeners might want to come down and check it out. But it's a a farm that uses hydroponics and LED, and we are growing lettuce. We're now growing close to 500 heads of lettuce a week that we can use in our dining center, share with the community, and we'll be able to grow that fresh lettuce 12 months out of the year. So from big things, major construction projects that are giving people runways for sustainability in the community, to fresh lettuce that we can serve for our meals and and inspire people that in the coldest days of winter we have some fresh lettuce for you.
0: That's amazing stuff going on. Clearly it's an innovative place. Continue to stay open to where God's leading it and just doing a great job of continuing to build up the community. And Mike, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. For those who wanna learn more and to support the City Mission, please make sure to log on to citymission.com or come down to the Schenectady City Mission here and just volunteer. Like you said, that's where it started for you. And who knows where God will cause the growth to come to if we show up.
1: Thank you, Dan. Joy to be with you.
0: For EF3 Life and the Life to the Fullest podcast, I'm your host, Dan Jason. This has been a powerful episode centered on love and redemption. Please visit ef3life.com and follow us on social media at EF3 Life to find out more ways to get involved in your community and support great organizations like the City Mission of Schenectady, which is making a difference. Keep persevering and encouraging others along the journey as there is only one way to live and that's life to the fullest.